And good morning. I just gave an intro without putting myself in the room, so sorry you missed it. It was epic, I promise you. Uh, no, my name is Scott Kennedy. I will be your host. My co-host, Nick Kendall, is uh, will be here shortly. He uh, So we'll break down the game, uh, kind of the X's and O's a little bit of it. But while it's just us here right now, I kind of want to get into a little bit of the after game. Uh, this is a good chance for everybody to come in, use the chat, vent, uh, the folks I work with over at Mile High Huddle, they call themselves the football priests. Um, just kind of a cleansing. Get it off. Clear your soul. I get it. It's uh, it's tough to, to keep seeing this happen. So I want to get through the good, the bad, and the ugly because there was plenty of good to take from this game. Um, there was some bad and there was some ugly, for sure. You know, you lose the Saints, you blow a game, you should win. It, it hurts. It, it's maddening. It, it, it makes you angry. I get it. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I, I debated whether or not to title this how I did, which was, and then I was like, you know what? We need to. Uh, we've talked about this a lot as Arthur Smith has continually gone after the local media. The local media in Atlanta is soft. And that's not necessarily a, a an insult, so to speak. It's But they're they're easy. They're, hold, they're beholden to their credential, which are issued by the teams. They don't want to lose access to the coaches. They are, you know, to quote Tyler Durden in Fight Club, sometimes the things you own end up owning you. Well, you own that credential. They own you. This isn't the New York media. This isn't even the LA media where, you know, I once read uh, TJ Simers bragging about chasing Kobe Bryant down to pester him with a question that he refused to ask. I'm like, okay, you're an a-hole. You know, this is this isn't easy. This is an easy market. And he's gone after DJ Ledbetter. He's gone after Jeff Schultz. He's gone after Michael Rothstein. Um, Josh Kendall. There was someone else that recently went after that he was getting snarky with with uh, you know, asking about Tyler Algier and blocking. That's on the YouTube channel. It's like, oh, well, maybe we'll we'll need to invite you into our uh into our meeting to make sure we're grading it right. I'm like, that was an easy question. So when he came off yesterday, um, and he's attacking the media for saying that, you know, low expectations, which frankly, the local media hasn't been the ones to do that for the most part. And if you haven't seen it, uh, I, I put a couple clips together here real quick. So let me let me share these real quick. It's the same guys. This is the same team. You guys wrote our obituary uh, back in, in May and you'll continue to write our obituary. Who cares? So write whatever you all want. The same guys that you guys ranked as 45th, you buried us in May, bury us again. We don't care. We'll get back to work. Thank you. I find it interesting that he said, uh, you know, care twice in 17 seconds in that clip. We don't care. Who cares? We don't care. He cares because he's, he's, like I said, he's acting like a petulant child about it. Um, this goes off well when things are going well. When things aren't going well, you come off like a petulant child. I've said that a couple times already today. Things were not going to go well for this team. I've been very adamant about this through the offseason that <clears throat> when you're talking about a team with $111 million in payroll, the next closest team is $131 million in payroll. You got $20 million next behind the next lowest paid team in the league. This is a half. This is half a team. It's it's half a team out there. There's going to be depth issues. There's going to be talent issues. There are six players on this team that make make more than four million dollars. 
you're missing $100 million in payroll. You could add another 25 million, 25 players of your highest paid to this roster and, and be under the salary cap. It's a team that is not built to win now. We know that. I know that. You should know that. Um, so the fact that I see a lot of positives are some of the things I want to talk about. But Arthur Smith coming out and basically blaming the media, you guys are burying us, we're doing this, or uh, quit asking that question about the backup quarterback, you know, this is painful, you know, dude, enough, you know, enough. These guys aren't your enemy. They're, they're doing a job. They're pretty easy on you. Uh, so enough with it. Because like I said, if you're already this salty in the preseason, what's it going to be like when you start facing some real adversity? We got a small glimpse of it yesterday. This is week one. This is week one. You're going out to LA next week. You think it's going to get any easier? Those guys coming off an embarrassing loss with 10 days to prepare? Batting down the freaking hatches, man. Because that one could be uh that one could be pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Now, <clears throat> I want to say good morning to some folks as a chat as it's beginning to open up a little bit. Uh let me bring up my pages here real quick because. Um, you know, if you happen to uh, drop some stars on Facebook, I don't see it unless I'm actually looking at Facebook. And that is uh, a way you can support the show really well is, uh, is on, on Facebook by dropping some stars with Keith Robbins has already done this morning. Thank you, Keith, for getting us started, putting some stars in on Facebook. He says, good morning. Um, Hayden comes in earlier and says new year, same Falcons. Um, it feels that way. You know, how does this keep happening? You know, do you believe in curses? Um, it's hard not to at times, but again, this is half a team. You're, it's going to be hard to hold on to a lead. You don't want to blow that lead. And we'll get into that a little bit for sure. You, you should have won that game once you had it. Joe Cannon says, good morning. Uh, and, and Ray Falcon says, uh, bro, it's the same stuff. Dean P, stop playing defense. And uh, Marcus Jesus put in Desmond Ritter. Um Ray, there's that's part of it. They they changed it up a little bit, but one of the things I want to get to is talking about depth. Um, the first drive, the first real drive that the Saints had came in the uh, the beginning. They're, they scored off a Taysom Hill break in the first half. Okay, let's let's throw that one away. Their first real drive was Jameis Winston going for five for five in about a minute and ten seconds. It was. Uh, I wrote it down because I wanted to watch because I actually listened to this on the radio and then came back and watched the game uh, afterwards. So I was able to see, I'm like, who are the defensive linemen in on that play um, on that, on that one. And it was, um, let's see, the defense did a great job. Third and six drew Dahlman, 80 yards on 16 attempts, but it was, uh, it was Dickerson, Anthony rush, Ogandaji and horn. Grady Jarrett was out. Lorenzo Carter was out. There was no, uh, of a Ketty in there. It was reserve offensive, reserve defensive lineman. Boom, 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 boom. Jameis is now in a rhythm. Now you got a problem. Um, there's such fine margins on in winning and losing a game that your reserve team has to be able to go out there and put in a series or two. They went in there and they were Swiss freaking cheese. And Jameis Winston turned into the Jameis Winston that we're used to seeing against the Atlanta Falcons. He has a career rating of about 109 with Tampa against the Falcons, which is better than the career rating. I think I looked this up. It was like he, he to say he turns into Tom Brady and uh, 
and Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers against the Falcons is not an understatement because he's got the same or even better rating. Well, even after that really slow first half, he still finished with a 111 quarterback rating yesterday. And part of that was because he was 12 of 13 for two, for was it two touchdowns and uh, 212 yards in the fourth quarter. Um, now it'll say 12 of 15 on the stat line. Two of those were spikes. I don't, I'm not counting those. Those were intentional. You know, those are like counting counting walks against a guy for intentional walks. So on his downfield passes where he really started setting his back foot in the ground and driving the ball downfield. And frankly, it was, it's pretty, I mean, he was a number one pick for a reason. He was driving the ball downfield. Like we haven't seen in Atlanta in a long time. Matt Ryan doesn't, he's never had that kind of arm. Mariota threw about two passes down the field the whole game. Everything else was quick, short stuff underneath or wide. Um, he wasn't driving the ball. He was driving the ball downfield. But that was a reserve defensive line. That was some substitutions. They couldn't slow them down, and, and it was game on. All of a sudden, it was game on. Um, so, oh, and, and 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 Ray says, you know, it's the same. He stops playing defense. There were subs. Um Towards the end, I, I I was watching, okay, how many are you bringing? Are you bringing pressure? Did you stop doing that? He didn't really stop doing that. Uh, he may have backed off a little bit too much, but he was still bringing pressure on that. One of the, one of the last plays on their last drive, he brought, he brought six guys, uh, but a crossing route underneath, you know, the Saints made adjustments too. Um, good, and Dave comes in, says, uh, good morning, Scott. And eventually Nick, yeah, Nick should be here in about five or five minutes or so. Uh, Michael Ranquillo coming in. Say, good morning, Scott. I'm forging the Falcons. Good morning, Michael. Appreciate you being here. Steve Kennedy coming in. Says, good morning, sir. Good morning to you, sir. Um, Kenneth Booker, KB, says, good morning. Is this close loss good or a bad thing? They lost a heartbreaker, but they played well, and Cordero Patterson picked up where he left off last season, if not even better. It depends on your point of view. You never want to lose to the Saints, especially like that. Um, over the long haul, y'all know my expectations for this team are low, you know? So, um, you know, I, I think Joe comes in, he says here, right here, he says, no one gave us a chance to even have the lead, let alone have the game. Um, so I appreciate what I did see yesterday. E exactly. My, my expectations for this team are low to play well and see a lot of positives and get a loss for a team that is not going to contend this year on the whole, is not necessarily a bad thing for this team because we've been saying all along, you come into 2023 with $100 million in cap room and a top five pick. Uh, you're going to have $100 million in cap room regardless uh, once you make your changes. And, you know, there's it's not that much now is what it's listed. But when you get done maneuvering some spot, moving some guys around, getting Calvin Ridley money back, getting out of Deion Jones, restructuring Jake Matthews again, um, you're, there's going to be a ton of money. <clears throat> now, where are you going to be picking? And what are you going to be picking? You know, is, is Will Anderson, Will Anderson's a dude. Is he going to be around? You, do you need to go after your quarterback? Um, you're going to get another wide receiver for God's sakes. Um, so it, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it sucks. You know, you don't, you don't like to see losing like this. Um, couple mistakes here and there, a couple not finishing plays here and there. Uh, I find it a little ironic that the, the center battle all camp was hush hush, you know, uh, you know, top secret, even after they said, yes, we've made a decision, but they sent both players out, Drew Dahlman and Matt, Matt Hennessy out to work with the ones that same day, like, oh, wow, it's a big secret. And then maybe the key play of the game is a center sap exchange. I'm like, 
you know, how does this keep happening? I think Aiden asked earlier, it's like, well, do you believe in karma? Because I think uh, I think old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium was was built over a graveyard and they forgot to remove the bodies. And, no, that was poltergeist. Sorry. Um, but, you know, there's there, there's definitely a cloud that hangs over this team for sure. Um, and Dave comes in. He says, and good morning, Dave. He says, uh, th- thanks for always responding to my comments from the show. I appreciate it. Dave, I appreciate you being here. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, Jamal's coming in. He says, good morning, everyone. What's up, my boy, Scott? Oh, good morning. Good morning. Um, so let me, um, let me, people in New Orleans be doing hoodoo during the game. That's what I said. You know, is there a curse over here? Um, you know, the good thing is, is, you know, there's at least for one more game, the Falcons can still talk trash to the Saints because they still have a one game lead. I think it's 54 to 53 right now. Um, and, and Ray says we stopped blitzing them. Why? You know, they didn't so much. They didn't blitz every down. They weren't blitzing every down. They were just getting to them. But in the second half, they start wearing down. Grady Jarrett, we'll get some of the goods, some of the goods. Grady Jarrett was a monster in the first half. He needs help. I noticed what he was he was in. We'll look at snap counts and stuff, and then I want to compare them to the Saints snap counts. Because you know who wasn't in the game nearly as long was Cam Jordan. That's part of the other good. Caleb McGarry erased him for the most part. Caleb McGarry had a great game at right tackle. I watched most of the first half. And I, I keep an eye on McGarry. And I kept an eye on Wilkinson at left guard because those are two of the bigger holes. So at the beginning of each snap, I'm watching McGarry. And then I might look over and see Wilkinson. Wilkinson was fine. By the third quarter, I stopped watching McGarry because I'm like, he's got this. He's He's got it under control. He's doing. He was outstanding. I'm interested to see what PFF thinks when they come out with their grades. Um, because Caleb McGarry was really good. Grady Jarrett was really good. This was as active and as quick. He just felt quicker out there. Uh, he was really good. Um, so, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily that the Saints made adjustments too. you know, I, I like I said, on the, the one of the plays, they were still bringing pressure, uh, flipping over to the bad while we're staying on the on the, the uh, line of scrimmage. I mentioned the reserves. Um, I had high hopes for Taquan Graham, speaking of which, and he was OK. I saw him get some pressures and force. Um, but he didn't have quite the impact that I was expecting, but two guys that had an impact and a negative that on the lines of scrimmage that I was hoping not to see. I understand why Matt Dickerson was available, um, on the waiver wire after the 53 man cuts. Um, he was a problem him and Ade, uh, Ogundeji on the left side of that line with Ade trying to hold the edge. And then Matt Dickerson at left end was a problem. That was a problem that the saints figured out and exploited. The right side of that line uh, was was a of uh, of the Saints line at right tackle. So the left side of the Falcons defensive line was a problem. Adeogunaji was a problem. I don't know how quick Ebikati can be ready, but he's ready. You know, it's it's like oh well, he's not ready to play. What, what are you losing? You're gonna you really can't be any worse at setting the edge than than uh, than Ade was yesterday. And you're not going to get the pass rush that you're going to get from Ebikati. So whatever snaps you're given to Ogundeji, flip them. You know, if it was, we'll, we'll check them out. But if it was 60-40, 75-25, 70-30, flip them. I want, I want, I want Ebikati in there. Uh, I don't want Ogundeji taking snaps away from Ebikati. Um, And Dickerson, I said it from the beginning. Uh, I thought Abdullah Anderson did a much better job, did a very good job on the defensive line in the preseason. 
I don't have all the information. You know, maybe there was some stuff behind the scenes, but Anderson held the line a lot better, was better laterally. Um, anything you're looking for in that other defensive end spot of the reserve, I saw him do better than what I saw from Matt Dickerson yesterday. That was a problem. Um, and then Reyes says, you know, we're up 13 with the ball. All he has to do is take a first down. He doesn't go down and tries to take on the honey badger. Yeah, inside the five. And he already had the first down. Is, is to go down. And uh, like you said, he has a first down. Is just go down at that point. And it's it's just about game over. Um, Marcus said he kind of lost, you know, track of where he was on the field and wasn't sure he had the first down and was trying to put forth the extra effort. Okay, Marcus, you know, uh, I, I, I forgive you. I understand um, but what does that come with? What does that, what does that say? What does that say to you? What it says to me is a lack of experience. Okay. Lack of field awareness. Now he's played football for a long time, but he hadn't started in a game since 2019. It's been a while. Uh, he was, uh, once he lost his job to Tannehill, he never came back and he didn't start a game in Las Vegas, at least not last year. He may have done the year before, but the year he came, the, when he came in, no, he, he didn't start in Vegas. When he came in two years ago and had a good game, it was, it was as a, uh, as a substitute um, and had a good game when, when uh, Carr got injured. Um, yeah, that was a tough one. Put the ball away, put the ball away for sure. Um, you know, Jason says all he has to do is not fumble and he's got a first. Yes, he does. Mark Schrader coming in saying good morning. And on that note, I want to say good morning to my co-host, Nick Kendall, who is joining us from Seattle. And good morning, Nick. You're a little fuzzy this morning, my friend, just a little fuzzy. Hmm. So may have been a may have been a long weekend here, you know, either that or my eyes are a little fuzzy because it was definitely a long weekend. Yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, but uh, here I am standard 480p. Maybe I should put that down on low definition. Um, but uh, ooh, man, regardless. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was a good weekend. A lot of fun. Uh, man, I'm still miserable from the Iowa game this uh, Saturday. But what can you do? And uh, I guess sorry about the loss Falcons fans uh, it was a rough one but man that uh you guys have i guess kind of used to <laughs> game outcomes like that it was a little bit rough so what was your gut reaction to the game as far as you know we, we hit the positives you know and, yeah. and again I, I already talked um arthur smith's pestilence i was like let's handle this while it's just me in here uh and, we'll, and nick and i can help you know break down some of the game um you know, because Arthur Smith has been going after the local media for a while now, and he's been super grumpy and childish and all that stuff during the preseason when it's all friendly. Yeah. You know, it, it's 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 only going to get worse, dude. You know, it's it's this is a team that's built for five and twelve. You know, uh, uh, over the long haul, yeah, they should have beat the Saints yesterday. You should be mad. Don't take it out on the local media. They didn't do anything wrong. They're not the ones that just bragged about controlling the line of scrimmage for three and a half quarters and then punting the ball on fourth and one at midfield. That wasn't the local media, dude. Yeah. Yeah, no, disappointing. I mean, God, we said it last time. Uh, the grumpy, you know, get off my lawn coach only is goes as far as uh, you're winning. You know, Bill Belichick can get away with it because he's Bill Belichick. But if you are coaching a 5-12 and 12 team, which everybody wants to give you the benefit of the doubt, being a, you know, <laughs> rude uh, to the media is going to, make it pretty easy for them to paint that picture the other way. So I don't know. I just would be careful with that. But overall, I thought the Falcons game was pretty good. Obviously the end is extremely disheartening, but there was a lot of positives to take away. Uh, I thought Mariota looked solid, uh, competent. Mm -hmm. I thought the offense, the 
defensive front and the offensive line look better than they had, especially with the Falcons' ability to run the football. I mean, mm-hmm. this, let's not take away how good the Saints have been at stopping the run mm-hmm. over the last few seasons. One of the best teams in football, and to have Cordell Patterson run for it, God, was uh, pull it up here, 22 carries, 120 yards. Uh, Marcus Marietta, 12 carries, 72 yards. I mean, that's that is no easy uh, task. So there's a lot of positives uh, from this game as well that I saw. And uh, Falcons fans should be excited to continue to watch this year. And uh, <clears throat> talking about, you know, Mariota going down inside the 10 after he has a first down and taking a hit and fumbling yeah. on a drive that could have iced the game for the most part. Ray says, you know, that's bad, bad quarterback IQ. Um, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> it's um, whether he's played a ton or not recently. I agree. <clears throat> you saw a little bit very first carry of preseason one game. He goes up hard up the line and takes a shot. You know, all right, all right, Marcus, you know, this is, this is, you know, these boys will knock the ball away from you. Um, you mentioned Cordero Patterson. Now I actually put Cordero Patterson in both categories as far as the good and the bad. Um, the reason why is because he had about 90 of those yards in the first half. Um, and I don't want him carrying the ball 22 yards a game. So one of the things I thought was the bad was before the first snap even happened, and Dave mentioned it right here, I did not get the Tyler Algier inactive. So running back Tyler Algier, who looked really good during the preseason, who can be a bell cow running back, was left inactive because of special teams, evidently. Uh, And then they really only had two running backs uh, on the team. They had... Patterson, who isn't a full-time running back, and they had Damian Williams, who's never rushed for 500 yards in a season and is a little bit on the injury-prone side and goes down in the first quarter. Now you're relying on Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson is not going to survive this season touching the ball 30 times a game. It's not going to happen. Yeah. No, it's you got to protect him for sure, especially with Cordell Patterson's age and uh, just experience rushing the football. So, you do uh, protect him somewhat because the rushing quarterback aspect, you know, that's another feature of the run game, which I really appreciate with the Falcons, a quarterback that's a dual threat and a playmaker, but definitely a bummer to see Mariota uh, fumble it there in that situation. I'm just kind of combing over the stats. What are some of the key uh, outputs here? Obviously um, outside, I always like to say outside of points, the number one indicator of who's going to win the football game is the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. Falcons lose the turnover margin by one, but there's your game right there. Oh, the big one. Yep. Yeah, and and for and for the most part, Nick, that fumbled snap on third and one may as well have been a turnover. Yep. Um, you know, that was they 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 had to give the ball away right after that. That may that uh may as well have been a, a turnover. Um, you know, I, I just put the block on Tim Allen who came in. I'm like, listen, I don't mind Saints fans coming in here and, and having a discussion. Um, but realize you're in someone else's house. And if you read something you don't like, don't respond back with negativity of your own. Just smile and wave. Like I said, I've gone to a Dodgers game with a Chipper Jones jersey on and sat in the outfield where it can get kind of rough. Oh, Chipper, you guys suck. I know, I know. We're just trying to survive the day. Thank you. I cheer for my team. I, I, I like fans of other team, but I, I don't like trash talk. I think it's boring. Um, Joe Cannon says, can we talk about Grady? We did. I thought, I thought Grady Jarrett was fantastic. He had a great uh, game. Especially in the first half. He, but they need help. You know, they need help. Nick, I said that first drive where where uh, Winston started warming up, he was five for five, got down the field in about 75 seconds. Uh, it was a reserve defensive line that was in. Matt Dickerson is a problem. Ade Ogund- uh, Ogundeji is a problem. 
Um, Anthony Rush getting too many snaps is a problem. He's big. He's 360 pounds. Timmy Horn is an undrafted rookie. That was your defensive line. Yeah. You know, um, that is a problem. That's going to let teams back into games. And that's when we start talking about where does the depth and the talent on this team start to become a problem? Yep. No, absolutely. Uh, it was a unfortunate to see the Falcons do that at the end, but I don't want to be that guy after week one, but this is the type of game being a Broncos fan uh, for many years here, looking back, you're like, okay, well, if we would have won that game, we'd have been picking nine. Now, because we lost it, we're picking three. The difference between picking nine and picking three is, I mean, that's multiple. Well, how much did the 49ers give up to move up from 12 to three, three first round picks or yeah, something? Three so, first round picks. Now this, this one hurts for now. It just kind of yeah. like last year, you know, last year was, you finish the season with the Saints. You don't want to lose the Saints, and it sucks that you lose the Saints. But come April, huh, we moved up six spots. And I don't remember really how that game even went because this isn't a team that's going to contend. I remember the playoff losses. I remember those that that, that yeah. matter. But, you know, as Dave says, I have no real expectations, but I'm not doing the moral victory thing. Me neither. I'm not. This is a, this is a game they should have won. Everybody knows that, including the Saints. This is a game the Falcons should have won. The, the, the story isn't... Um, the story isn't about the Saints. It's about the Falcons blowing another lead and losing a game they should have won. And, you know, that stuff's got to stop. Now, I will defend, and I did defend Arthur Smith on this. You know, this keeps happening. He's awful in, in these games. No, no, he's not. He is now 7-3 and three in one-score games. That's not bad. I'll, I'll take no. that. Um, if you want to see the problem, uh, you know, go look at Scott Frost in Nebraska in 0-10 in one-score games, and now he's out of work. And, and yeah. good, good on you, Georgia Southern. I'm with uh, with as many people as we have watched a show. I'm pretty sure we have some Georgia Southern alum in here. So, uh, congrats to y'all. I know that was a big one. Yeah, um, that... Not doing, but no, we're not doing the moral victory thing for here. But we all we will take away some of the positives, some of the things. One guy we haven't even mentioned. Yet. We're 26 minutes into the show, Nick, and we have not said the name Drake London. Yeah, uh, stood out. Let me pull up the stats here right now. Five receptions, 74 yards. 31 yard on seven targets. I mean, he had a, uh, unfortunately, um, he was the pass catcher that the Falcons uh, were relying on in that game and moved the ball pretty well. Uh, not a high volume um, with just seven targets, <clears throat> excuse me, but I thought he looked well. I thought he looked competent and uh, love to see his usage up a lot of different spots across the field. And I think he's going to, uh, he's going to have a hell of a season. I'm excited to see him. And this is, this was one without even getting much uh, red zone work. Uh, I, yeah, I thought he was, he was fantastic. Um, yeah. you know, he, he looks like a number one, he lined up outside a lot, you know, yeah. another one of, uh, Arthur Smith's great ones, you know, as they were questioning the, the pick and what they see about him. Did you run the 40? You know, well, we did. Yeah, he did for us. And, and he was like, well, have you seen him play the slot? I'm like, I don't care about a six, five receiver. He better be able to play in the freaking slot. If you're taking him number eight, can he play outside? Can he do a dig route over the middle and survive? Yes, 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 and yes. Check, 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 check. Yeah. Um, I've said, I know we've got a bunch of Bronco fans in here for fantasy football. I might take Drake London over any any uh, Broncos receiver um, just because of the targets that he's going to get and the action he's going to get. It's Kyle Pitts, and if you double Kyle Pitts and take him away, it's Drake London. That's really it. You know, Alameda Zacchaeus can do some decent things, but it's going to be those two guys he had 75 yards, extrapolate that over 17 games, and it's a 1,300-yard season. That is within the realm of possibility for him, you know, for, for yeah. sure. Um, let me see. Joe had a comment I wanted to get to. 
because I agree. Um, he says, can we speak on the secondary? The cornerbacks didn't look comfortable while the safeties really showed up for us. Um, Michael Thomas had a couple pitch and catches from Jameis Winston that no one was going to stop. Um, yeah. AJ is there. When your hands in the face and up through the, you know, up through between their hands, the coverage is good. But these guys throw for, you know, 5,000 yards a season. You know, a, a good a good offense is going to beat a good corner. AJ Terrell didn't play poorly. Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston just made some plays. So I'm not ready to, to throw it in on Terrell. Casey Hayward, however, did not have a good game. Um, I don't think he played as well as I would like. Hopefully that will get better. Richie Grant and Jalen Hawkins did play well. Richie Grant played really well. It was nice mm -hmm. to see him flying all over the field and get that second year leap. Um, hopefully we won't have to wait a year before we see inside linebacker Troy Anderson play some, and we don't have to redshirt all of our, uh, we won't have to redshirt all of our second round picks. Yeah, no, it was a, <laughs> speaking of second round picks, I thought Ebiketti, uh, had a pretty good, uh, year, this, uh, game <laughs> had a sack in that game. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, Graham, uh, coming out with a sack, I believe on the same drive, uh, if my memory serves me correct. So Falcons, the consistent pressure, not quite there, but, and I know you're talking about these stats on the defensive line, the players that are there, but it's not like it was last year. I mean, you see body types and abilities that were not even close uh, to being ready last year flashing. So just week one, all those guys are going to be, I expect uh, more and more snaps, more and more impact as the years go on, as the year goes on. But Evacetti and Graham, especially um, those were two that I had my head circled uh, before the game. You know, wow. These are two guys that I want to watch to see what impact they had. Saw good flashes from them and defensive line. A lot of it is about the flashes. No, last year it was Grady Jarrett and then nobody else. Across, yeah. You know, Dante Fowler was okay across the front five. That was their starters. Yeah. Uh, and then it was like negative, negative, meh, Grady Jarrett. <clears throat> this year, across your front five, you're competent all the yeah. way across. Uh, Taquan Graham can do a job. Anthony Rush can do a job. Grady Jarrett was really good. Uh, Lorenzo Carter had a pretty good game too. He was okay. Uh, Ebiketti can play. There's your front five. What's behind them, though, is now, oh, no. It's a, it's a little scary. And when you have to rely on those guys, at least two, probably three series worth of snaps a game, that's where you're winning and losing games this season for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, unfortunately. Um, let me see. There was uh, – oh, and Dave says, <clears throat> um, let's be honest, guys. At this point, Avery Williams is wasting a roster spot. Uh, I don't mind one designated for a return guy, and I thought he looked really well. I, I thought he did good as a return man. I'll tell you who was wasting a return spot. Um, I mean, a, a roster spot. Would you have rather had Tyler Algier or Felipe Franks yesterday? Um, I mean, I, that, that's that's not in hindsight. I know the answer to that one going into the game. Can Felipe Franks play like Taysom Hill for whatever God knows reason? That's a... <laughs> had a good game. It always seems to have a decent game against the Falcons, but yeah, no, uh, Algier, especially with Damian Williams getting injured and I believe out of the game pretty early. Yeah. So, you know, going in, like I said, you you're going in with Damian Williams, who has an injury track record, Avery Williams, who's not a running back who played a ton. Actually, he was yeah. actually on the offensive side of things a lot. So when we start looking towards building the Falcons towards forging the Falcons, you definitely need another two playmakers on offense. Uh, mm. Algier, I want him on the freaking roster. Okay, let's see what he can do. He is your running back. I can give him the ball and trust him. I can't say that right now with Damian Williams, and Damian Williams is cheap anyway. It's not like we're talking prime Gerald Riggs here for you old fellas like me. 
you know, this is a guy that's never rushed for 500 yards in his career. Why is he being treated like he with with kid gloves? It's 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 a little odd. Um, and uh, you know, and then I, I don't want Avery Williams to be my slot receiver yet. You know, he's he's not ready. That tells me a little bit about where this team is, and we know. Drake London should rise the room just a little bit, but going in this wide receiver room was nobody's, you know, at the time of the draft, I think there was one catch for 12 yards on the Falcons roster at wide receiver. And that was like Frank Darby, who's now on the practice squad. Uh, And Michael says, how did rookie linebacker Troy Anderson, how did he do for the Falcons? I don't know that he played much if he was in on maybe on special teams, but you know, the word now is he's probably going to get a red shirt year, kind of the same way Richie Grant did last year while he's learning Dean Pease's scheme. Um, every once in a while, I'd like to just turn him loose with that athleticism. And I don't want it to be, you know, tipping the card. Oh, he's in watch the linebacker blitz, but you know, just man up on somebody, you know, go in and say, okay, you've got Kamara. This is man coverage. Go where he goes, you know, and if he's dropping back, you know, and, and use, use that athleticism, get him in there again. This isn't, this isn't a team that's going to contend. So let's not have his first meaningful snaps be next season when you may have a chance you know, when you may have a chance to start knocking on the door of the playoffs. Um, let's see. And then uh, Joe Cannon comes in. He says, uh, he says, uh, does anybody know why Pitts was so quiet yesterday? He was targeted seven times. Um, one was a really nice catch out of bounds. And, you know, but again, Marcus Mariota isn't known as the most accurate passer in the world. That's not his game of driving the ball downfield. I'd like to scheme ways to get him the ball besides bubble screens. We need to try and find a way to get pits the ball, but he's going to be targeted for, you know, with, with bracketed coverage all the time until you prove that someone else can beat you. And, and Drake London will help Drake mm-hmm. London will definitely help. And if you can stick to the running game, because for the most part, McGarry was awesome yesterday. Caleb McGarry was freaking good. Uh, Nick, I've said before <clears throat> that I like that, and it also pisses me off that it's a contract <laughs> year. What happened to the previous three years? What have you been doing? Yeah. Um, but he's earning himself in the neighborhood of an eight-figure contract, Nick. You know, oh, ten yeah. million a year for a twenty-seven million, you know, twenty-seven-year-old right tackle isn't out of the question. He's going to get paid. Uh, I think there's. I mean, you just go through the list of right tackles in the league, and you after about seven names, you're like, oh my god, what is going on? Who is this? Um, so if he's even you know solid there, somebody's going to pay him big money. I mean, Rob Havenstein just got a massive contract, and he's just okay for the Rams. So uh, yeah, I would he's think get paid. You know, it, it'll never happen this way. But it's like, how about a discount, Caleb, for the crap that you've thrown out the previous three years? We want paid back on that. But he he was on a rookie contract, so yeah. He wasn't all that expensive. So he is, but he was really good. Chris Lindstrom, beast. He was really good. Bellman, for the most part, had a good game. The center staff exchange, notwithstanding. Uh, uh, Eli Wilkinson was was solid. And honestly, I didn't watch Jake Matthews much. I'm like, okay, we know what we've got there. That's not a question mark. He's pretty competent. I didn't watch Jake much in the, the first go round that I've watched this game. But going into the season, the two holes, left guard and right tackle, uh, did you really address them with a, a journeyman right tackle converted to left guard and Eli Wilkinson he played fine. He was fine. Yeah. And Kayla McGarry has taken a step up. He looks, he looks really good. Yeah. Uh, and I thought and, that the run game in general, um, big, 
big positive uh, from moving from Matt Ryan to uh, Marcus Mariota. Just the lanes were bigger. It looked like the Saints were having to play much more disciplined on the back end. And Mariota took zero sacks in this game, staying on time, uh, big time for the offense, helps them move the ball. And then you're not in an obvious pass rush situation behind the sticks, or uh, I guess pass rush for the other team. So, again, um, Matt Ryan not the best game yesterday at the Texans, ending up in a tie, LOL. Uh, but, um, overall, I thought the offense looked fun and I'm excited to see what the Falcons can do going forward. I agree with your point. The offensive line looked better than I thought they would, especially against mm-hmm. a saints front. That is really, really good. I mean, has been good. We'll see how they play this season. It's the new year. Uh, but yeah, the, strap it on next week, you got Aaron Darnold, uh, Darnold, Aaron Donald in the, yeah. in the middle of the field. Yep. Um, it'll be a different challenge, but still it's a good challenge. And you were yeah. pushing both guys back, uh, looked at the same step chart. Cause I'm like, all right, was that the starter? That I just saw got put on skates, and it was um, it was Christian Ringo, so he was their backup, uh, yeah. number fifty-seven. Well, a little bit later, I say, okay, what about ninety-nine? He's getting put on state skates. That's Shy Tuttle, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a lot of it. That was um, was Wilkinson and or Dalman handling those guys. They couldn't do that last year. You know, we Nick, you remember game one? We were talking about you know forced errors last week where. Dalman about got his back broken by Vernon Hargrave, mm-hmm. um, you know, on a play. He gets bent over backwards so badly. I'm like, oh, my God. And then on the very next play is a false start. I'm like, he's scared to death. Of course. Yeah. He held his own. At worst, he held his own. Very, yeah. very positive. Very positive there. But and, the- uh, and I left this up in yeah. here for Joe. Michael Walker wearing the green dot at inside linebacker. Not quite sure what to expect. Has been good in coverage as a rookie. Last year was a little bit quiet. Didn't play a ton. Um, and this year, uh, coming in as a starter played well, played really well. So, uh, again, if you're talking Michael Walker, Rashawn Evans, they left Kwiatowski uh, inactive that I'll tell you one thing, and they're not playing Troy Anderson, the inside linebacker position looks like it's in pretty good hands this year. Yeah. And that's another reason that you shouldn't be too upset that Troy Anderson's getting a little bit of time. Now I kind of disagree with you. And as far, as far as, uh, getting him out there with his athleticism. I think there's got to be a mug look with him lined up over an a gap or Mm -hmm. something where he's the stand up outside linebacker rushing because you're a big athlete, not, not big for edge, but still you're an athlete pin your ears back. There's no thinking there's just go attack like that kind of thing where coverage is a little bit more nuanced, especially from the linebacker spot. But, um, Michael Wright, I thought looked pretty good. I thought Evans uh, looked pretty good as well. Good job. But he had the interception, correct? Kind of bounced up. He had the fumble. There was a fumble. strip yeah. fumble on a, there yes. was almost a sack. And then they got it off. I think it was to Kamara. Kamara then fumbles it right into the yep. arms of, uh, of Rashawn Evans. So uh, yep. a, a really positive play. Um, no, we do, We actually agree on this, Nick. I just, yeah. um, with Troy Anderson, the, 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 the simple part of this was don't, don't put him in a spot where he has to think. You know, if yeah. you're out there and it's third down and you're not going to blitz him, single coverage just yep. just man up yeah. you, you're you're the, you're a spy um yep. but get him get him out there where there's only you have one job and that's it yeah. um just to get his feet wet whether that's line him up and blitzing right away help put him at an edge and let him go get the quarterback or like i said if you don't want to have a tell knowing that he's going to blitz every time then just put him in man just yeah. forget everything else just just put him in man um and uh, and, and be done with it Final um, five. Oh, Knight Rider company says it was Mark Ingram. Okay, thank you. I, I couldn't remember if it was uh, if it was Kamara or Ingram, but it was a, a good play. I do know it was Evans that, that came away with the ball, and it was uh, it was off a little screen after good pressure. 
The good, the Falcons had four sacks in the first half. The bad, they had zero in the second half. Um, but four, they only had uh, 18 last year. And, and they said it They said it uh, during the broadcast, but y'all heard me bang that drum all last year. I, I called that impossibly bad. 18 yeah. sacks is, is almost impossibly bad. It's like, wait, it's impossible to get 18 sacks. The next worst team was 29. How did you only get 18? You know, yeah. you should you should be able to have the center step on the quarterback's foot and just touch him down for a sack three times a season, for God's sakes. And you only got 19, 18. So, yeah, four. And it was from, if I'm not mistaken, four different people, too, um, yeah. which is a good sign. I think Ebiketti got one. Carter got one. Um, Sheffield got one. Not Sheffield. Who is Sheffield? Grady Jarrett. Uh, Kendall Sheffield. Uh, Grady Jarrett got one. And then uh, I know Richie Grant got in some, got some pressure in, but I'm not sure if he got the other sack, but it was definitely, definitely good. Um, and James coming in on Facebook, he says, what's good? Y'all rise up from Kentucky. Good morning, James. Good morning, James. I hope you're doing well, but hit the chat before we get out of here. Um, you know, we're, we've got about, we've got a few more minutes left and actually it is time to go. I had 945 in my mind. So hit the comments on YouTube. Uh, if you're on Facebook, Pop on over to YouTube for me. That's where I, it's just easier for me to find the comments over here. Ray, Joe, Chris, uh, haven't seen Chris Walker yet. So Chris Walker, uh, pop on over to YouTube. I'm going to, let me see. I'll, I'll grab the, the link and drop it in the chat. It's just easy for me to follow the, the, uh, the flow of the conversation over there. Um, yeah. And, you know, I want, I want to hear what y'all are thinking. Cause again, I titled this a little bit, a, a little bit, controversial so to speak you know the title of it was you know arthur smith's petulant child act is wearing thin it is i was like you know what it needs to be said because the fans that were defending oh i love his attitude a week ago are the same ones that were pissed yesterday you know quit blowing leads you know you suck you should have been fired all this kind of stuff i think arthur smith is a good coach i like what i see terry fontenot doing that they've been able to put a competent team on the field with both hands tied behind their back. I like what I see. I like the direction. But Nick, he ain't going to survive if this is how he's going to act all season because it's it's this could be a low point. Blowing a lead like this feels like a low point. But from a record perspective, it's it, it could get worse before it gets better. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we got to get going. A few more things. I just like to go over the <clears throat> the key metrics and anything really stands out as a discrepancy. Like, okay, what do we need to look for in the next few games? Number one that really stuck out to me was turnovers. Obviously, you lose a turnover battle, you're probably going to lose the game. Um, but next two for me, and these are both defensive-related, uh, the Falcons average. The Falcons ran overall 201 yards. Great. You know, that's awesome. 5.3 yards per carry. That's not in the danger zone at all. 38 rushes. Saints with only 19 carries, 7.9 yards per carry. The efficiency there is concerning um not obviously. one of them was on that big play from Taysom hill so throw out the two plays from Taysom hill but he was again he was going at the right edge yep. where i said you've got a little bit of a problem he was going off right tackle and adeo gundeji was is there and him setting that edge is a bit of a problem and the other left end uh is a bit of a problem yep i mean if you take out those, it's obviously going to change it a lot because it's only 19 runs, but still, mm -hmm. that is a crazy high efficiency metric. Yeah. Want to watch for that. Uh, the other one going forward, 
the Saints three for three in the red zone. Uh, Falcons two for four. You got to be able to come away with points. And at some point, the defense has got to flex a little bit and stop them um, from scoring touchdowns. Neither happened in this game. You can you point at the lack of execution there at the end all you want. But if one if one of those is a field goal instead of a touchdown, you're talking about a win there. You got to be able to flex there in the red zone. Yeah, and d- avoid the stupid stuff. Man, yeah. you know, a center snap exchange, that can't happen. Marietta, go down. Protect the ball, brother. You know, you, you're, you know better than that. That, that, that cost a game. Yeah. That, that cost a game. Um, wasn't just that, but, you know, that's a play in your hands that you could have sealed the game. But we've got to get out of here. Nick and I are going to head over and preview Broncos in Seattle on the Mile High Huddle YouTube channel uh, for Broncos for Breakfast. Want to thank everybody for being here. We've got a bunch of folks watching, so make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and or share button. And again, hit the comments. I dropped the, the YouTube link for my Facebook crowd on there. It, it's just it's an easier way to communicate. I want to thank uh, Keith Robbins for coming with some stars early on. Uh, dropping stars or super chats is a great way to support the show and make sure that we're, uh, we're able to keep doing this. So we're able to do this because of you, and uh, we thank you for it. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday morning as we start taking a look towards the LA Rams. And, and you know, maybe we'll we'll look back and we'll see if there's some roster moves over the next 48 hours. It won't surprise me if there are. I don't remember there being a corresponding move to Abdullah, uh, to, uh, Abdullah Anderson getting cut. He might get re-signed. You know, I think for, for some reason, I feel like there's a 52. I don't remember there being another move. So there's another move coming in. I'm a fan of Abdullah Anderson. If, if they're not going to keep him, I hope somebody does. He, he deserves to be playing in this league. On that note, thanks, everybody, for being here. And we will see you Wednesday morning.